Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Aaron Torres of Fox Sports Radio, as well as the Aaron Torres podcast. And my man, Aaron, it's been a while, man. Appreciate you coming on. How you doing this afternoon? Oh, I'm good, man. How are you guys doing today? Well, we're great, man. Like we're we're enjoying uh, enjoying the nice weather while we still have it here in Arkansas, and we're also enjoying the fact that Arkansas basketball was able to take care of business in Game One without Nick Smith against North Dakota State. Yeah, you know, I caught a lot of that. You know, yesterday was a weird day, man. You know, on the one hand, I think we're all excited to have the sport back. You know, especially in a place like Arkansas where there's so much expectation. But man, oh man, oh man, you know. I don't know who's who's to blame. We couldn't get one decent game last night, guys. Like, come on, Gonzaga? Gonzaga could have called somebody up and said, hey, let, let's play a real game that matters and that counts. So um, I just bring it up to say it was a fun night, but I did catch a lot of the Razorbacks game. I, I put it out on the computer, you know, kind of a second-screen deal. It was really impressed. You know, it's funny because and this is how college hoops works. When you bring in the star freshman, um, you know, we spend so much time on that. But especially in the portal world that we live in, you know, you often forget that a place like Arkansas, a place like Kentucky, a place like Carolina, you're going to be bringing in good transfers too. And and obviously I know it's probably been a big part of the conversation today. Those transfers look really good. Um, You know, they have the experience in college basketball. This wasn't their first rodeo, even if it was their first rodeo in a college, uh, in an Arkansas uniform. And so I was really impressed. I I thought Ricky Council looked a little bit better than I thought. And, and Teron Brazil, um, I, I thought he looked awesome, but the only reason I wasn't surprised is because obviously of what he did overseas in, in that uh, exhibition game a few weeks ago. So, fun game. You know, if I say anything too nice, everyone, oh, Texas, what about Texas? Listen, you take it one game at a time, and i uh, really excited to see this team evolve. And uh, real quick, John, you travel all over the globe to follow the Hawks. Are you going to Maui in a few weeks or what? <laughs> Uh, well, you know, it just depends on the fuel prices of the buzz jet uh, that we'd have to be taking. So uh, we'll have okay. to we'll have to cross that bridge when we get there. But I tell you what, I'll be sure to uh, send a picture of uh, Hawaii if I end up making it, and I'll let you know then. I bet you will. Yeah, you were in Provo. You were in San Francisco for the Elite Eight. You were in I don't even know where, Omaha, I'm sure. Um, so, yeah, I mean, whatever. I'm jealous. <laughs> I'm jealous of your, your, your jet-setting ways, but uh, – but, yeah, listen, you know, it's going to be a few weeks. We'll learn a lot more about Arkansas in that time frame. But, you know, I, I don't think you overreact to that game yesterday, but I don't think you overreact to the Texas game either. I think there's a happy ground in the middle, and maybe I'm totally wrong on this, but it does feel like just the Arkansas reaction I've seen, it seems as though quite a few people uh, are taking that approach of, yes, we're young, it's going to take time, Coach Muss has proven two, three times already at Arkansas that it might not start great, but it'll finish great. Uh, and that seems to be the, the attitude that I've seen at Arkansas today. Well, the thing about it, Aaron, is there are such expectations at Arkansas now with back-to-back Elite Eights. That's what everybody thinks of first and foremost, that it should be at least that or better. So with a complete turnover in this roster and with these young players, people still expect the best because of what they've seen in the past couple of years. And that starts with Coach Muss and the coaching staff. Yeah, a thousand percent. I mean, listen, Coach Muss, you know, the track record speaks for itself. And, and you know, a few things. I mean, one, I, I think you guys, as Arkansas fans, don't forget. But, you know, I mean, let's not forget he made a Sweet 16 at Nevada, too, a program that has completely fallen apart since he left. 
And so you're talking about three of the last four NCAA tournaments. This guy at Nevada and Arkansas has gone to uh, the second weekend three times. And so, you know, Joe, I, I actually did at one point in the summer a segment on my own show about the, the idea of Final Four or bust expectations. I don't like that because it takes away from the fun of the season. Then you just become an Alabama football fan where you don't get joy in winning. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I hope that, you know, we can take it game by game, and we'll see. I mean, the one thing I would say is is I totally get any Arkansas fan or, or either of you or both of you saying that it is Final Four or bust after the last two years and this being the most talented team Coach Muss has had. All I'd say is whether it's because of NIL, you know, whatever, there are a lot of good teams in college basketball this year, and I think the road's going to be really tough for anybody, not just Arkansas, but North Carolina, who returns four starters off last year's national runner-up, Duke, who has the number one class in the country, Kentucky, who's trying to get back to a Final Four for the first time since 2015. So, yeah, I, I don't know if, if, if it is definitive Final Four or bust expectations, but I hope Arkansas fans enjoy the journey because I think it's going to be a fun team to, to follow, watch, and enjoy. Speaking of North Carolina, mentioning them, they didn't look overly impressive last night. Is that a case of playing an in-state team that's motivated there? Or, you know, you kind of see some teams that may be on cruise control here at the beginning of the season. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I, it's, it's tough, man. I mean, you know, I think one, what's interesting about that team is they came in with a lot of expectations last year, did not play well for the vast majority of the regular season, got hot in February, played great in March. And so I think that's really the first time that group has really played with a target on their back. And so with North Carolina specifically, I'm not really worried. And what I would say about college, this isn't college football, right? You don't have to be great in week one. I mean, look at Oregon in college football where you, you, you go out of your way to schedule Georgia and it may cost you because, oh, my God, first-year head coach, first-time quarterback at the school, you lose to a really good Georgia team. So, you know, in basketball it's so different. And, I, and even last night when I was watching – Part of me was bummed that we didn't get more marquee games, but you look at Nick Smith being out. You look, my UConn Huskies, you know, their best player, Andre Jackson, is out. Kentucky was down two starters last night. Duke was down two starters last night. It's been a weird start to the year, Joe, just from the perspective of a lot of teams, you know, one, first of all, everybody's breaking in new parts. That's the world of college basketball in the transfer portal era. But then, two, and as important, you know, it's just a weird season start where it just feels like there's a lot of injuries to start, which I could be wrong, but I don't really remember as many marquee injuries in previous seasons. So I hope it's not a sign of things to come. Uh, and obviously, you know, just reading the reports, it doesn't seem like the Nick Smith stuff is super serious. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I would say that if I'm a – North Carolina fan, I'm not freaking out. You know, TCU, a top 20 team, struggled last night. They were without one of their best players. Um, so, I, I, you know, this is college basketball. We don't. Unfortunately, what makes college football so great is that we overreact to every result because we only get 12 of them. Well, we get somewhere in the neighborhood of like 35 to 40 in college basketball, and we don't necessarily have to do that in college basketball. Speak with Aaron Torres of the Aaron Torres Podcast and Fox Sports Radio here on the Jones and Sun Diamond and Bridal Fine Jewelry Online. Aaron, you brought up something earlier in an answer I wanted to, to revisit because it was something that bothers me, doesn't make much sense, and that was with the fact that you have the opening day, essentially, of major college basketball, and there is not one marquee matchup. I can understand that not everybody's going to play a top 10, top 25 team or anything, but you see it in college football. Opening games are against big-time teams. In the NFL, in the NBA, 
you you have all these times where they have their best teams or big brand teams going up against other ones. Why in college basketball did we not get that? Like, how did this happen? Well, John, I can give you a very simple answer to that question. Um, when you walk around downtown Fayetteville today, I mean, I know you're probably going to hit uh, Wing Tuesday or Thirsty Tuesday or Taco Tuesday after after the show today. Um, go around and, and look at all those people with those cute little I Voted stickers today. And that's really the reason why, honestly. You know, we usually open with the Champions Classic, which is uh, Kentucky, Kansas, Duke, and uh, Michigan State that first Tuesday. And, and, you know, I think the powers that be, you know, probably about three, four years ago, they really made it a priority to kind of explain to, you know, young student-athletes the importance of voting. Um, and so about three, four years ago, Basically, they gave all of college basketball off. I believe it was the election uh, that resulted in our current president being, uh, you know, sitting in office. And so why, why I bring it up is not to get political, but, you know, I think college sports has made it a priority to make election day about, um, you know, giving everyone the, the right to uh, exercise their vote. Uh, and so this year, the Champions Classic is pushed back one year. Now, call me crazy, Champions Classic would tip off at seven. I don't know that, you know, we're losing thousands of voters because of the fact that we're playing a 7 o'clock or a 9.30 basketball game. But that was the reason why. Um, and, you know, but to your point, though, a couple things. One, just because the season starts on Monday, I don't know why we can't play a big game or two. Or I didn't understand why we couldn't play the Champions Classic on Wednesday. Okay, Monday night, you don't want to conflict with Monday night football. I get that. But why can't you play Duke, Kentucky, Kansas, Michigan State today? You know, I, I don't get it. And then I think, obviously, it goes without saying as well, if those games are on the schedule, then I think it motivates other people to get early big games as well. And then also probably motivates some of the TV networks as well. So the answer to the question is that the, usually the first day of the season is, that it is Tuesday, and it's a big kind of tip-off day. This year, the first Tuesday of November is Election Day. Um, but I do hope in future years we can figure out a way to make it a little bit more exciting because, listen, man, you know, you guys are going to cover it because Arkansas is awesome. I love this sport, but obviously it's a sport that really until February fights, has to fight is probably the right word to say, um, has to fight really hard for recognition. Um, and so I don't think having a real lackluster opening night helps with that. Um, and I think the average sports fan that isn't a diehard of, of a specific team probably didn't even realize that college basketball opened last night. I don't ever remember, to your point, John, a, a, a night that felt less significant in terms of the college basketball opening. That was the case last night, and I hope in future years we get a way to figure it out if, if uh, you know, it falls on Election Day. A couple of teams that you see that uh, maybe we're not hearing enough about that maybe you project to be better than what people are thinking? Well, I'll just say the ACC for, or the SEC, excuse me, for half a second. You know, two come to mind. One, I think Tennessee. Um, and I think Tennessee, is, it's pretty easy as to why. I mean, one, they have the disappointing end to last season. They win the SEC tournament. They lose in early in the NCAA tournament. And Rick Barnes has the reputation of struggling in the NCAA tournament. But they returned four starters off of what was the hottest team to end the regular season last year. And I, I think they're going to be really good. They played Gonzaga uh, in an exhibition and just really took it to them. Um, so I think they're one. And the other one I really do think is Texas A&M, obviously a team Arkansas remembers from the SEC tournament last year. And it was funny. I, you know, I was on a college station the other day, and we were talking about this. I just think it's because Buzz Williams is not – 
um, he's not really out there in the media. As a matter of fact, he really avoids the media. You know, I mean, I know from personal, you know, reference, I mean, you know, I'm fortunate enough to do what I do, and I've had Rick Barnes, Coach Moss, uh, Bruce Pearl, Nate Oates on my podcast before, um, and Buzz Williams has declined requests, and I don't in any way, shape, or form hold it against him. He just doesn't have any interest in promoting his program. I think he feels like my focus has to be on my 12, 13 players. And when you're in a conference with Coach Moss, who's so great on social media, John Calipari, Bruce Pearl, all these coaches that are out there, I think it's easy to kind of fall behind the wayside and just not get the exposure that you deserve. And so I think Buzz Williams is kind of betting on himself and his team that when they take the court, their, their, their play will speak for themselves. But remember, of course, you know, runner-up in the SEC tournament last year, and our buddy Greg Sankey appears ready to blow up the entire NCAA tournament because they got left out last year. So uh, that's a good team as well. I, I, I think, you know, if they were to, say, finish in the top four of the SEC, I think they were picked to finish sixth or seventh. It wouldn't surprise me at all. They're the one outside of the obvious that I'm really keeping my eye on. Last one before I let you get out of here, Aaron. We've been having some fun since you mentioned it is Election Day. We were saying if you had to vote, or I should say, who would be the one sports figure that if they ran for public office right now, they would get your vote? Well, I mean, obviously Coach Moss. I mean, he's got to be up at the top of the list. Um, you know, a man that I'm sure would hit the campaign trail hard. Everything he does, he puts 100% into. You know, outside of that, uh, you know, probably Bill Walton would be one. I mean, I, I can probably guess the two or three platforms that he would run on, um, legalizing certain things, and I'm not talking about sports betting or stuff of that nature. Um, you know, I'll tell you a guy that's always sold me every time I've heard him, even though he hasn't had success on the field, Herm Edwards. I've been in, I don't know if you guys have ever been in a room with Herm Edwards, but he could sell you on pretty much anything. So, I mean, is that a good big three right there? Bill Walden, Coach Muffs, and Herm Edwards, those are the three that immediately come to mind as far as, you know, they're great at sales, uh, and they're great, I, I think, frankly, at getting you to believe in their vision. So those are the three that immediately come to mind. John, what have been the popular answers so far today? Well, surprisingly, I mean, we've had some Arkansas answers, you know, obviously with like a Darren McFadden or a Hunter Yurchek or, or even a Muss. But honestly, we've had about three or four people say Cal Ripken Jr. Like, I thought that that was just, yeah, a fascinating thing. And one of the reasons why a guy named Hunter tweeted and said, just because I know he would show up every day. So, Well, that's what I was going to say. You know, if you want somebody to, on the platform of, you know, what was the thing with Elon Musk? Like, one of the first things he did was eliminated mental health days or something like that at uh, Twitter. And I'm not advocating it. I'm not getting involved. I'm just saying that's what Elon Musk did. It's like, I don't think you got to worry about Cal Ripken, um, you know, hitting the links, uh, you know, uh, nine to five or whatever. So that's an interesting one. I certainly had not thought of it. But, yes, uh, I... I feel like he would show up and do the job to the best of his ability every day. That's funny. I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah, we got that. Marshawn Lynch and, uh, you know, Bill Walton was another one too. So, yeah, we, we got a few popular ones, that's for sure, Aaron. But, hey, man, we always appreciate you hopping on with us, talking some college basketball. Enjoy the rest of your week, man. We'll be catching up with you later down the road. All right. Thank you, fellas. Have a great day. We'll talk soon. Thank you.